Donato's just didn't add bacon to their pizzas. They added bacon to their bacon. Canadian bacon and hardwood smoked bacon. Or Canadian bacon and Chipotle seasoned bacon. Get $2 off a large bacon duo or any large pizza. Use promo code 2. Donato's. Every piece is important. Donato's just didn't add bacon to their pizzas. They added bacon to their bacon. Canadian bacon and hardwood smoked bacon. Or Canadian bacon and Chipotle seasoned bacon. Get $2 off a large bacon duo or any large pizza. Use promo code 2. Donato's. Every piece is important. You're listening to Black Girl Blueprint. Because black girls did it first. And honestly, better. Period. Period. <laughs> Hi everyone and welcome to Black Girl Blueprint, your fake podcast for all the Gen Z Black Girl Tea. My name's Lauren. And my name is McKean and thanks for tuning in to today's episode. I'm so, so excited for today's conversation. McKean, are you excited? Yes, that's, we got a lot. <laughs> There's a lot to talk about today, okay? We're going to be breaking down really what it means to, you know, be the blueprint, which is literally what this podcast is all about. Literally. But we're going to be getting real about black fishing, black sense, co-opting of black girl slang, so, so much more. There's so, so much going on, okay? And best believe we got the receipts. All of them. Nothing to question, nothing to debate, just stuff to unpack. So sit mm-hmm. back and get ready for a chat that we all have been needing to have. <laughs> Preach. And before we get there, though, we have to do our Read the Room segment. So for those of you who might be new, the Read the Room segment is the time in our show where we talk about the tea in our own lives, the tea happening in pop culture. And down the line, we'll also be talking about some things that you guys send to us that are happening in your lives. So what will we be talking about today, Lauren? Right. So for today's episode, we thought it'd be so, so cute for the Read the Room if we just kind of chat and gushed a little bit about some of our fave celebrity couples. I think for me personally, I love those GQ videos that they do with like the answering questions about the couple. I think Iman and Tiana Taylor were like my favorite one of all time. Like they knew all the answers that point I think where he was like guessing her favorite movies and there was like five back to back to back you could tell that they're just best friends and I feel like that's like the cutest relationships to have literally honestly they I think are the power couple I, they're not I think so too I know they're like millennials or you know whatever but what <laughs> they are the ones like and also just as far as an attractive couple goes I genuinely can't they're fire listen honestly no, that's so good my I think my maybe number two couple is Dwayne Wade and Gabrielle Union because I love them too honestly, yeah parenting goals couple mm-hmm. goals like I don't know they're just something so cute about them just being special honest and like clear about what they're about so mm-hmm. I'm, I mean, I'm even thinking of like when their daughter gets dragged into things and they're they, never are they anything like oh we're just not gonna talk about it anymore they're like no this is how we There's- parent exactly opinion but that's not going to change nothing for us and I love that they're so honestly and like the wedding video I watched as well on YouTube where they were like you know like dancing down the aisle again best friend couples are like the best but you know especially with like the way that they parent Zay I think is so so amazing honestly because like she's literally always getting like hate and stuff and people are like always hating on a 12 year old which I think is so so out of pocket (laughs) <laughs> like like leave her alone honestly but like between the shade room 
and like the haters on Twitter, like she's pretty much always like in the media and under fire. And it's like, I'm so happy as parents, they're just not like, oh, we'll just like ignore it and hope it'll go away. They're like, nope, this is our daughter. Put some respect on it. It's not your business. Let us parent how we want to parent and like leave us alone. Right. So and I'm here for it. Not only is she a child, but she's more talented than y'all. Period. Her photo shoot of Gabrielle for, I think it's Self Mag. And she took all of the pictures of Gabrielle, like throughout their house and like their backyard. I saw that. I saw that. I was like, this come on. Gabrielle's best recent shoots and it wasn't even no professional. Period. Honestly, she needs to teach those white photographers how to like photograph because <laughs> that's tea all on its own. Because other than that photo shoot, I think it was Essence, maybe the one they did of Issa Rae. Other than that, I'm like, who else knows how to photograph dark-skinned Black women? Show us those pictures of Viola Davis. Mm. Oh the ones of Simone Biles. Mm. Ah. That ended up it, too. They made her look ashy, and I was not here for it whatsoever. But, you know, <laughs> in and of itself, honestly. When you said talent, though, I thought you were going to talk about those videos when she was doing, like, the gymnastics and, like, the backflips yeah. and stuff. She does it all. Let's just, like, really does, that. Like, we stand Zaya over in this house. I don't know oh, what you do. We do. Anyway. Honestly, here for her. Third couple. Top we have three. to mention them. These Honestly, are our top three. Number one. Maybe in no order. This might be number one. Honestly, we love them. Sweetie. Sweetie and Quinn. And her little We love them. <laughs> oh my goodness. They are so, so cute. I think between like the Tiana Taylor and Iman one and also Sweetie and Quavo like those GQ interviews so cute also that dress she was wearing let's talk oh about that goodness. she looks so sweet looks good all the time but that dress was like Always. another level the house the everything beautiful immaculate <laughs> it's just like oh like they wrap together they're cute like everything it's literally it just works with them I just it's it everything about them I just love so so much and then like him like knowing the lyrics and like rapping it I was just like, wow, adorable. We're here for it. Honestly, those are always make me feel like, dang. I mean, I don't have no lyrics for my future boyfriend to know, but I would love God, We would love for him to like know the lyrics <laughs> right. to the song. My lyrics. <laughs> it's the support though. Like you can tell that like they support him. Even like those videos that you'll see on like Twitter, it'll be like on his story or something like that. It'll just be like her like dancing with her friends like he's always there always supporting her just like right, you can tell the that, that man loves angry. her yep he just exactly. like here's there she gonna do her and i'm here that, for my girl gonna do her thing and that's about it we love here. that honestly sweetie yeah. also she dropped music recently she did she, did. she yeah. dropped tap in it came yep. out tap tap you know tap <laughs> honestly it's a bop okay so like when it comes to sweetie People have mixed opinions when it comes to sweet. Let's like let's phrase it that way, okay? Mm -hmm. I for one, I I like Sweetie's music. I'm I'm not ashamed to say it, honestly. If Tap In comes on, Icy yep. Girl comes on, yep. like if any of those songs come on, my type comes on as well. If that comes yep. on in the club, I'm gonna dance. It's I know the it. words. I'm gonna That's sing. Fun. That's it. My but, I'm not even gonna lie. I'm not gonna lie. I was of opinion for a long time, like many other people were. And I fell into the habit of being like, okay, love and support Sweetie. Don't love her music. Like, if I'm on <laughs> I might not put it on the key. Mm -hmm. But if it, I do hear it, like, I'm going to, you know, do a little bounce or whatever. Mm -hmm. But, and I was kind of like, for a long time, I fell into that habit. Everyone was saying, like, dang, I wish Sweetie would just stop making music and, like, model. I, I've seen and those, I was definitely. Like, yeah. At first, I was like, yeah, period. I wish Sweetie would model. But I'm also like, <laughs> Honestly, 
in the grand scheme of the turn up playlist her songs are still superior and literally about her skill it's because most of these rappers are not skilled and black girls deserve to speak be on it mediocre okay <laughs> honestly no but literally i think when it comes to music if you're going to be like a woman in the rap game people are like you have to be like you know top you have to be literally better than all the male rappers in order to be like considered in the conversation when it's like why like right. some of these male rappers are, are they're not good right at all. Exactly they, like we were talking about Flo Millie last week. Like, please, mm-hmm. respect and also be honest about what you guys are delivering. Exactly. Let's critique it all and let's take exactly. way off the playlist and ask him to start modeling. Okay, period. Also, I would not want, let's not, let's, yeah. don't get any ideas, NBA. We don't, we, don't want, we don't want you to drop any modeling pictures. But honestly, let's be real about it because I feel like Black girls in general, but especially like in the rap game, like, we should be able to be like mediocre or average or just like, you know, have fun with it too, the way that these male rappers do. Oh, so great. I'm thinking of that um the Black Lady Sketch Show skit where it's like, oh, I love Black Lady Sketch Show. Right? I just want to be a normal bee. Like, exactly. Like, was, was it Absol Bassett who said that, I think? Yeah, or I, she I, other, no, oh. yeah but it was just someone. I love that. Oh my goodness. Like, let us be mediocre sometimes and still be better. And still be better. No, our mediocrity is still better. But anyway. Literally. <laughs> period no but that's on period honestly mm-hmm. but I just wish people would like stop being so critical of sweet music like even if you don't love her music I think the way people like rag on her for it is like so rude sometimes too like I don't like all of these like male rappers that drop I'm not gonna go out of my way to hate on them though like people being like oh this was better when it was on mute or like she needs to shut like leave her alone that's like my theme today I'm just like leave black women alone right right that's really honestly. all it is but and honestly I think people really throw Saweetie through the ringer because they it's almost like they want to find something not to like when yeah. I feel like Saweetie is actually one of the most I mean obviously we never know social media makes everything weird but like that is true yeah. consistent and she's very transparent like mm-hmm. in herself from the gym she's real yeah honestly from what I've seen at least like I saw her I'm not sure if it was Vogue but it was like 24 hours with Saweetie and she just seems like very like authentic and genuine so like when people are like always like under fire for sweetie or like trying to like compare her to everybody else it's just like let her just be her be herself like do her own thing you know what I mean right I think there was a comparison too which is like a whole other topic for another episode about like you know fat phobia and fat shaming as well but like there was a whole comparison as well when it came to like there were videos of like Sweetie where she was like always talking about her crab legs and always talking about how she like, you know, loves to eat burgers and everything. And then people were like, no when legs. she does love crab legs, honestly. But then like when Lizzo or does the same thing, or even just like when Lizzo exists, honestly, people are so upset. They're like, you need to go to the gym, you need to work out, which there's so many things wrong right. with that. There's so many things to unpack there right. or whatever. But it's just like, uh, I don't know. It's just like, let, Black women do their own thing without like trying to like compare them all the time and like make mm-hmm. it a whole thing. Okay. Yeah, like just stop, stop with the critique, stop with the comparison, and stop trying to find a problem. It's like it's almost literally like, how can you simultaneously say like, "Oh, we love black women, we support black women," and then like every time a black woman just be like says hi or like mm-hmm. <laughs> tweets anything, it's like, dang, you guys are on her neck for. For what exactly? Like, just don't exactly. Look that's really your issue. But anyways, honestly, the other thing well, of, like people critiquing um, Saweetie is recently like she dropped um, what did she call it? I think she called it the Pretty Girl Freestyle. 
The, uh, yeah, I so, think so. Yeah, and she has these <laughs> long acrylics in it and like these hoops, mm-hmm. which ultimately, I'm gonna be honest, I can never wear them. And it wouldn't be me. It but would it be me. Great on her. More power to you, though. Right. Honestly. And, and people were basically like, why, sweetie, like, have this, like, ghetto aesthetic? Like, this is fake. Like, she's not, she, she didn't grow up, da 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 da. Like, just kind of basically yeah. trying to say that she was sort of presenting with a persona that wasn't real and that was kind of co opting a culture that wasn't hers. And I'm, which makes no sense whatsoever, <laughs> which again, it's just like a whole thing of just like, criticizing black women for simply existing they do it to sweetie they do it to lizzo they do it to every single black woman out there and they don't do it to any of these men at all like let black women just do their own thing but like when it comes to this thing with like the whole thing that people are talking about like oh sweetie's like co-opting this culture like what evidence is there to support that claim like didn't there wasn't there like the prom pictures that dropped that Mm -hmm. she literally has always been like this from high school like this has always been her thing right so like also she is a black woman and i think she's filipino as well like i don't know there's there's so much there honestly i think that is like a good segue actually into like talking about today's episode and we got today (laughs) i just feel like let's start with the first thing i think we cannot have a conversation about black girls being the blueprint without talking about the first, first foremost thing, which is, I think, black fishing, which is basically the, the epitome of black girl culture being co-opted and appropriated. And I'm just, I've never been here for it, honestly. Never, honestly. And I, I totally agree. And for anyone who doesn't know, before we really get started, mm-hmm. fishing is this weird trend of like white influencers, models, celebrities, kind of going through this like journey of like starting out on the internet as a white woman visibly and then like <laughs> morphing through makeup and cosmetic surgeries and like changing their hair whether it's like them getting box braids or them getting wigs or them like perming their hair to get make it bigger or something mm-hmm. they start to become this like racially ambiguous slash someone who looks phenotypically black mm-hmm. person and and the problem is not that they are like outwardly saying like I'm black like they mm-hmm. never claim it they never claim it yeah it's like you it's so extreme with the tanning and the changing of the hair and the features that it's like if you see them on your timeline you might be like oh this is a black influencer for me to follow that i haven't heard of like that's how that is and the whole time you've been bamboozled you've been hoodwinked it is a white woman the entire time and i think that is it's so baffling to me honestly because i think especially as like again, a young Black woman who, like, grew up having these same features that were, like, you know, I got hated on all the time. I think for me, especially as someone, like, my high school, majority white, and I would come to school sometimes, and, like, my mom would, like, cornrow my hair or something like that, and all the kids would be, like, oh, why do you look like that? It's so ghetto. It's so this, blah, 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 but now it's, like, all the white girls want cornrows, all the box braids. They want it all. And it's, like, the lip fillers, too, honestly. I never personally got any, like, comments about my lips because I kind of have small lips. But, like, <laughs> in general, I think a lot, of, <laughs> a lot of Black women have gotten, like, a lot, like, under fire, especially for, like, you know, like, being, I guess, made fun of for, like, having big lips. Whether that was, like, people being really rude and, like, saying that they look like monkeys or saying, like, all of these other, like, very, very, like, animalistic type of comparisons to like 
mm-hmm. you know, basically dehumanize black women and like black people in this way. And now it's like, they want all the lip fillers. They want the skin that right. they made fun of and called too dark and dusty. And it's just, there's so it much is- to impact there, but it's so problematic. I'm honestly even thinking about like the shift in the culture because I remember watching movies in like maybe middle school even. And it was like girl, like white girls in the movies being like, do these pants make my butt look big? Or like literally like that, like those type of comments that weren't necessarily and explicitly tied to race, but were always kind of like, we know that we associate big butts with black women. And that's mm-hmm. the thing, like, the celebration of big booties is a thing that's been around in black culture. Like, mm-hmm. always love the butt. <laughs> Literally. But it's kind of this weird, like it was a literal like 180, like complete switch up. And I think, I mean, the car Jenners are a lot to blame. Like I'm remembering the <laughs> they really are. challenge. Mm-hmm. Like even black people were putting those things like around their lips to make them all like swell up. Exactly. You know, odd, like, I don't know. I don't oh, know. An odd what? time on the internet, honestly. honestly. <laughs> it was a weird time. The cinnamon challenge, that was a weird time on the internet. But no, literally, think thinking about, like like you said, the whole 180, where it's, like, this, like, huge shift where it's, like, Black culture and, like, Black features went from being, like, hated on as, like, ghetto and ratchet or all the other words that they would call it. And now it's, like, popular and it's trendy and they profit from it, which I think is one of the most right. problematic things about this trend is that, like, it's something that they can like profit from and gain from, especially when it comes to these like models and influencers looking like racially ambiguous and having like darker skin, but also like keeping like some of their Eurocentric features and like having like a little bit like you can pass, but you're not like fully a black woman or whatever, like that they can like profit from that and like, you know, get more followers or like, you know, get more brand deals. And all of those things I think are just, I don't know, as a black woman myself, I think it's just, harmful especially thinking that like some of these racially ambiguous white women are becoming like the diversity boxes for these like other brands and stuff right. we're trying to like check that off and the instead of like is, casting actual black women and there's so many layers to it. like one point is that it's like the simultaneous sort of co-opting of what have historically been and like very much so almost always are like uniquely black characteristics not always, not meaning like every black person has big lips or any every black person has X, Y, Z, but like they're using that claim to sort of in their co-opting be like, well, this isn't just a black thing. So like yeah. not just black people can wear box braids or like, you know, not every black person has a big butt or like some white people can have big butts or like something like that to sort of mm-hmm. justify their like trying to be ambiguous. But even then it's like, there are people who are actually racially ambiguous and you're still yeah. not that. Like you still exactly. are working to be this ambiguous that. level. Like it's still not, I don't know, you, you take a shower at night and is the water brown? Like I'm confused. Exactly. That is something <laughs> I've always wondered. First of all, that's something I've always wondered when it comes to self-tan, honestly. Like, does it just like puddle uh-huh. at the bottom? Is it just it like laugh? brown? Does, does it work? Do they apply it every day? Honestly, that's I don't know. Thing. I'm getting that's a whole other flashbacks thing. from to like middle school when white girls would go on vacation and then pull up like after spring break and be like, you know, put their forearm out next to mine. And be be like, like, I'm Mr. Starkey's here. Oh my goodness. Oh gosh. Wow. Nope. Literally. Honestly. It's a whole thing. But I think it's also something to be said. On one hand, like you were saying, like it's like they want the racial ambiguity, but they don't want like to be black in that like all the other things that come with being black so they want to like profit from like 
things that they find to be aesthetic, like, you know, taking our hairstyles or like, you know, having the lips or the big butts or like things that are associated with black culture, but also can be popularized. But when it comes to like, even thinking about like black struggles and what comes with that and like the racism, like they can wash that off or they can like yep. change those things. So they can just be like, I don't know. I'm a white woman. Like, like, leave that to you know always, what I mean? Honestly, what I always wonder is like, do they act the same on Facebook? Like where they have their families, you know, those memes of like me on Facebook, me on Instagram, me on Twitter. I've seen those. Yeah. Black on Instagram and Twitter. And like, does their family know? Cause I don't know. People aren't even tolerant enough to tolerate their little like white children acting black. So I'm kind of like, literally what is, I'm I'm just curious about, I would have loved to interview some some black. Literally. (laughs) And and so like, how, how does this black fishing work for you? Honestly, actually, now that you've said that, I'm kind of, confused I think I don't know maybe it is a thing though because I did do a post on EcoGal like about black fishing mm-hmm. and like there are people in the comments trying to jump and just be like oh no there's like nothing wrong with self-tan like all the white people like self-tan or whatever so I think maybe they don't see it as black fishing maybe it's become so normalized now that they don't associate it as much with black culture right. the way that they should so it's more like of a subconscious thing also and- something that I hate Mm-hmm. that ahead. people were that people were bringing up in the comments they were like oh like this is the same thing as when like black women will like start skin lightening or bleaching or like when black women put on straight wigs or like oh I hate, I've seen that tiktok before where it was like um someone like a white girl duetted a tiktok that a black woman made being like oh like stop stealing our hairstyles and this white girl was like using the green screen and pointing to like oh, a like, bunch of like straight back. wigs give it back that give it, literally that one the give right. it back one and it was like a bunch of straight wigs i'm like first of all who's out here wearing white person hair like these wigs are not made for if your hair karen becky everywhere but switzerland literally switzerland <laughs> sweden that's, not that's not the hair we're wearing yeah, montana nobody's wearing your hair Karen (laughs) leave us alone but honestly like I think that is such a thing that needs to be addressed as well just Mm -hmm. like understanding that that is not at all the same thing and for like white people to like you know co-op black features as a way to like be popular and trendy and for black women to you know like lighten their skin or straighten their hair as a way to literally survive right in this world is not the same thing at all it isn't like for black girls with like you know like especially like type four hair to like be seen as unprofessional and for them to have to like you know wear wigs even to like go to work to go to school mm-hmm. like that is not the same thing as you wanting to put on right. box braids i mean along a similar line i even saw someone compare like kylie jenner's transformation to lil kim's and i was like please oh please, god please understand that there are a lot of overlaps in the underlying causes of these things and the mm-hmm. problem is always whiteness literally <laughs> always like white supremacy is always the problem <laughs> right. literally no michael they did the same thing with michael jackson and they were like oh but michael jackson was trying to be white and i was like homeboy had did a lot go and but also like even if he was trying to be white why was he it's not think, like, think about it <laughs> okay preach literally why did if he did let's say hypothetically he was trying to be a white person why do you think that he felt like he could be more successful or gain more success by being white? Right. Like, why didn't Lil' Kim think she was beautiful enough? It wasn't like the black community. Well, actually, there might uh, be something down there about there, black men and yeah. kind of black women, but yeah. it was because she was comparing herself to the girls who were getting more respect, more clout, more accolades than she was. Mm-hmm. It was because they were white. 
literally but the thing literally as you said like everything stems from like white supremacy and I think Eurocentric features and whiteness being like the norm or the standard like I did watch an interview with Michael Jackson where he was talking about like hating his nose because he grew up and people would always tell him that like his nose was too big like even like his dad would be like oh your nose is too big you have to like do something about that like sing. like and I think even that like internalized like self-hate sometimes or like feeling like you're not beautiful is definitely something that like as a black woman I've experienced I even just saw a tweet today that was just like when did you realize that you weren't ugly but you were just a person of color surrounded by too many white people and I was like who damn who my primary school Laura needed to read that honestly (laughs) no literally that's real and and it's it's sad because we don't really have these conversations together. Like even when we do talk about black fishing on the timeline, I don't, mm-hmm. we ultimately sort of go to the like, white girls need to stop acting black, which is 100% true. No questions about it. Of course. It's also like, we never really break down the why are they acting black? And mm-hmm. I even feel like when those sort of defenses of black fishing come up of like, well, what, white, black girls wear straight blonde hair and like black girls do this, black girls do that. Like we still don't, it's like, we're so close to the point. We're so close to calling out mm-hmm. the that are like the root of all of these things. Yeah. We don't do it. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. I don't, that, that tweet. That tweet. No, that, that tweet hit me. That hit real. me. And I'm like, I remember always getting braids and like, you know, getting box braids and white girls being like, how'd your hair grow so fast? Or like, Literally. I didn't even know that. Like, I used to be afraid to get, like, I remember the first time we got a weave. The first time, like leading up to that time, I was just like, I don't mm. want to get weave. Like, everyone's going to be like, why do you have a weave in? And like, I mm. thought weaves were an only a black thing, which I thought then made it a problem. Literally. Little did I know. All of these white girls have extensions all the time right they just call wigs it all the time they just call it I, extensions literally Ooh, that in and of itself i think the weave versus extensions thing and how like even like the way that we talk about these things it's like oh black women get a weave because like they hate their hair or they think their hair is ugly or they don't have hair when it's like these white women they change up their hair all the time like why can't we be doing it for the same reason right and the same thing when I was like growing up like braids I was so scared to have even like when I did like straighten my hair I had like the little white boys would like pull on my hair because they thought it was a weave and they wanted to be able to pull it out Mm -hmm. or like even when we did like swimming classes or stuff I used to be like honestly like jealous and upset that all the white girls could just like you know, jump in and they, like, they didn't have to wear, like, a swim cat or everything. Yeah. Like, the, literally the morning before, my mom would, like, cornrow my hair down and, like, put a swim cap on me. And yeah. I was so embarrassed because I was like, why am I the only person with this swim cap on? They're making fun of me because I have a swim cap. It's like, my hair doesn't work like that. It does. think it's a process and you don't, when you're little, you don't know. And so I mm-hmm. think it becomes, like, we do internalize it as the problem is that I'm Black. And it's not yeah. that problem. The wearing mm-hmm. stuff, like these are protective things like mm-hmm. then, like even then what what is meant to be protective then becomes like either something that we reject because we think it's bad mm-hmm. or something that we become embarrassed by like I used to love getting box braids because it made my hair longer and like mm-hmm. like made me feel like ooh you know and you'd like throw the towel on your head and like wag it around like yeah I love doing that but then I kind of had moments where I felt in- secure about it like once I remember I added a color and they were like oh my god or like you know Mm, yeah trying to experiment and like try new things was always just like how did your hair grow like that overnight or like 
like oh we know it's fake because there's purple in there like duh but duh. like <laughs> we knew it was we knew it was fake you thought my hair was down to the middle like oh my goodness yeah but anyways back to the like I'm just thinking even beyond the sort of exploitation and co-opting of like physical features the co-opting on the internet of black language and oh gosh mannerism. <laughs> there's so much there and slang it's just like all of the words that black women created for ourselves like we have mm-hmm. a way of speaking that was not because because we just had like we had to do it we had to create our own languages for our own survival mm-hmm. and now it's like popularized you hear people being like oh my omg you perioded it who like you- literally <laughs> it's the it's the xyz for me and i'm like y'all are not even using it correctly like right. my, my favorite i think it's an account on twitter it's like a b e struggle tweets or whatever mm. and it's almost always these non-black people just trying to use this slang and just messing up horribly and it's it's embarrassing it's, it's, embarrassing, it's hilarious but like the secondhand embarrassment is so so real mm-hmm. honestly and it's it really- just like they don't understand that there is like a gr- like a grammar and a structure to this language. Like it's not like we just like threw random words in there and we're like, okay, this is like the language now. But also like there were some people who were like, oh, like, you know, like trying to like lay out the grammar to teach people how to use it. And I'm like, no, why are y'all trying to teach them how right. to use it? Let right. them embarrass themselves. Please, I don't want I don't want y'all to know that you just sounded like an idiot. Because, Literally. Because though the thing is, I'm thinking about those moments of like I can't think of anything specifically right now, but there were so many moments as a child or like as a like in middle school and high school where I was in like what I was the only black girl in my class. So I was in a lot of white spaces all the time. And I mm-hmm. learned them. I had to. Like mm-hmm. I could not go home and like be at school and say who child, even though that's something <laughs> I would hear at home all the time. But now literally. it's them mm-hmm. being like who chile. <laughs> no, literally. The thing is embarrassing. I literally had like someone who would say that all the time. I just didn't have the heart to correct them. Honestly, I was just like, You sound I silly. saw a tweet that was like, Do you guys know that child is just how black people say child? Child. It's not literally a word. It's, it's not a different word. It's the same thing. Oh my goodness. <laughs> And then as well, I kept thinking about how I've literally, it wasn't necessarily the same thing with like black sense and like, you know, like African American type of slang, but I had the same similar experience with like, um, like Caribbean dialect, especially like going to an international school. I literally had a teacher who was like, oh, you can't speak in dialect in my classroom because I don't understand it because it's not proper English or whatever. And I was like, girl, you're in the Bahamas. You realize that, right? You're in a Caribbean country telling your Caribbean students they can't speak in dialect. Wow. it's just like, there's so much stigma there that I internalized it so much. And I think this is something that I experienced a lot when I went to Colombia, which is people assuming that I was American because I don't speak with my Caribbean accent all the time is because I went to an international school with white kids my entire life, all white teachers, basically. And having them tell me from, I was like in the first grade that like, no, you have to speak proper English all the time. You can't speak with that dialect. It's not right. So I internalized that. And now I don't speak with my accent ever. And it's like, people are like, oh, I didn't know you were Caribbean. You don't sound Caribbean. Why do you sound so white? Right. Sounding white. Oh, that in and of itself. Another thing, but (laughs) yeah. That is so much. Oh my God. I think I'm just thinking of like, I remember the process of like trying to learn about code switching, though I didn't Mm -hmm. know 
was called, like when I was learning it, but I, I knew like I'd go home and talk to my cousins and my family and they'd be like, oh, like, why are you talking like that? Or like, oh, we bet you like read the dictionary for fun. And so uh -huh. I realized like, okay, I'm not going to be welcome in my own like homes and communities if I try to talk like the way that my white classmates are talking. But mm -hmm. I also know if I go to school and I'm like, I don't know, you know, if I, if I speak a certain way, they'll be like, hi, you sound funny today. Or like, or mm -hmm. like oh, the way you just said that sounded different. And like, yeah, things like that. What? I don't mind your business. Like the way that you literally things are wrong. <laughs> exactly. You say Chile is wrong as well. <laughs> right. But no, I think literally code switching in and of itself is similar to what that we were talking about earlier, which is the whole thing of like, with, you know, black people like lightening their skin or like straightening their hair. Like we do this because we have to. We do this because like in order for me to be taken seriously at school in internships and all these places, I can't go around speaking, you know, in slang or like with my Caribbean dialect, especially any dialect from like an African diaspora really is right. not taken seriously. Right. So like I have to code switch in order to be taken seriously in those spaces. But you like as a white person using the slang, then you're calling Gen Z slang, which is a problem in and of itself. Culture, which Internet culture speak, which is like, huh, okay, sure. Sis. Who, who made it? Go. Who made it? Literally. Which, no, like, <laughs> which, which, which internet? Black Twitter. Like, uh, but literally them using that language is not to code switch or so that they can like survive in a different place. It's literally just for fun and because it's trendy and that's not the same type of code switching. And I think that's what makes it so annoying and problematic is because like y'all were the same ones making fun of me for my accent, telling me I sounded too hood or too ghetto or too ratchet, which by the way are all words. I don't know if there's any white people listening, but if there are, stop calling anything <laughs> ghetto, hood or ratchet, please. please that is not your word. word. Ever. Do not use that word. That is not your word. If you lump it in with the category of the N word, if you have to, do not say it. It's not for you. Mm -mm. It ain't literally. <laughs> it's not. It's not your word. But like for the same people calling everything ghetto or ratchet, now being like, oh, this is internet speak. Like I sound so cool when I say this. And also like thinking about like even further, like all the times that like beyond this, like like black creativity has been co-opted as well. I think thinking about like black TikTokers, especially like there was that video that this black creator made and she was like doing the, it's the X, Y, Z for me. And it was like a, yep. like a rant back and forth or whatever. And then I think maybe it was like Addison Rae or any, these white TikTokers all look the same to me. It was one of them. And they literally like made a video, like doing the same thing. And it got more views and likes than right. the original creator did. Didn't credit the original creator at all. And I know the video you're talking about because I think, what is her name? Addison? Addison, I her believe. parents were in the video, right? And yeah. I think mm -hmm. There's something so interesting. And I always like, I don't know why my mind does this, but like when I see those types of videos, I immediately think to like what the behind the scenes was like. And mm -hmm. I'm just imagining like her trying to explain this joke to her parents. A they don't get it. That they don't, I presumably don't get because they mm -hmm. didn't do it right anyways in the video. But I'm kind of like, <laughs> you're still making a joke. Like you saying like, oh, this is just a TikTok joke. We're like making it for the TikTok. This is funny. Which again, like, yes, it's funny, but it's like, it was funny because the black girl did it because that's part of our culture that she just made funny. Like exactly she made the TikTok in a way that was culturally understood by all of us and didn't need that explanation. Exactly. If it needs that explanation for you or if it needs that like added effort of like learning how to do it is should you be doing it is my question I'm like I know your parents were probably like what what I, is this right <laughs> literally I'm 
like it's not a joke it's not like i know that you know saying hoochile or like sis or period or whatever is like a haha that you just throw in a tiktok here and there and then immediately go back to your lives where you don't say it again mm-hmm. that in and of itself is a problem that's not internet culture these are words that my grandma's gonna understand because she's been using them so exactly what for you that you only know them as jokes that's right Ooh, t mckeen <laughs> you're spitting Thanks. wow <laughs> <laughs> no but what, what if that's so so real that and when it comes to these tiktoks and everything like yes it's funny when we use it in like a joke context but the fact that they only know it as a joke or as something that they can get like clout from and we've been using it for generations as right. just like a part of our everyday lives no you you hit something on the head with that really because like it's a problem because it's like no, this language is not new. No, mm-hmm. not, you can't call it internet culture unless you are visibly like ignoring all the black people telling you like, we know this we, language. We, the language. Or like Gen Z. Oh, four. Like, exactly. <laughs> Gen Z slang. Who's, there's literally a video. I saw it on Twitter. Everything I see is from Twitter, honestly. But there's literally a video of Michael Jackson doing like Wizard of Oz or something. And like in the song, he's like, oh, child. And he's literally singing it. I'm like, how is this Gen Z slang to you right. at all? And uh, like, how do you hear us coming up to you and saying like, chill, you're wrong. This is not Gen Z culture. Like this is our culture that has been generations forming and like creating. They're not listening at and all. Then like, oh no, you're wrong. Like, sorry, this is actually part of the internet. And like anyone on the internet would know like. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. They're literally doing. No, they're just like, y'all hear something? The thing is, they're so close to getting the point. Like, you could make that thought, you could justify that thought process of like, I know this because of the internet. And then be like, I know it because of the internet because Black people lead the culture of the internet. The internet. But they never make that extra step. They never make that extra step. They they get like so close, like halfway there. It's like they walked up to the door, they almost rang the doorbell and then they were like, I'm gonna go home now. (laughs) I'm gonna just turn around, that's it. (laughs) <laughs> no, but literally, and the fact that this happens with literally everything, I think even aside from that, like the fact on one hand, they find it funny, but also they find it something that they can get clout from and like never like credit the original people. Like I'm thinking about like the renegade dance, the savage dance, the out West challenge, like all of these things were things that young black women spent time to create and like, you know, their energy and their talent went into this. But the most popular versions of it are by Addison, whatever her name is, and like Charlie something. And like all of their like sisters who just like copy it and then get a millions more likes and stuff. And then never credit. For what? For doing the dances that you did not even create, honestly. And the thing is though, like, fine, fine. You want to do the dance. Dope. Just give us a little tag. Like just a little tag of credit. Like, please. And I'm I'm honestly I'm so glad that she's finally getting her accolades. And I think it's only because Black Twitter pushed. I'm we even forced the word. Remember, Pe- I think her name is Peaches, and she made the word fleek. And that was like back yes. in 2015. And she I remember made that. the word fleek. And there was that long period of time where like all these businesses were like, ooh, fleeky, or like, oh, we're fleek today, which is like just that don't even make sense. But anyways, like okay, fleek was a word she made. This is new, mm-hmm. and quickly was taken, put in songs, put in everything, hair and nails on fleek, like everything mm-hmm. for a long time, and still like she's still on the internet. She tweets every year on the anniversary of when she made the word fleek, and I still have not seen her like mainstream, mainstream get her credit. And there's so many like 
it's so interesting how that pattern just like repeats itself. And I think one thing that's important to note is that like, this is not even a uniquely like internet phenomenon. Like this is something that is like, has long been everywhere. White women just taking, not just women, mm-hmm. but men too. Let's not men play. too. Y'all also Honestly. Play. But <laughs> everything. Yeah. Well, we, we didn't forget about y'all. We did not I, forget like, about you. It's just, I don't know. Oh my God. There's, no, there's a lot there, honestly. Even what you're saying right now about how it's not just, you know, internet slang or like internet dances. Fashion too is a big, big thing. Mm-hmm. And I think like there are the big things. Again, it's the car Jenners. It's always the car Jenners. But like stealing, like especially, I think it was, maybe it was Chloe. I don't know which one of them it was, but someone stole a black woman's design. And just like funny. never gave any credit for it. It was just like, eh. I think it was embarrassing too. Cause I think it was like the, the test piece or something and it was like girl if you wanted it you should have just like collabed or something like that has a problem I think it was the one where she asked like the designer ended up sending her pieces like they communicated Mm. one-on-one it wasn't like Chloe just ordered it online and then copied it like she deliberately sent Chloe Kardashian pieces because ultimately we still need them to wear it to get our coin which is sad Mm -hmm. but like this the black designer worked with Chloe and then like I think like even a month later because she was posting screenshots of the emails and it Literally. was like oh, these designs were almost exact exactly like, the same and I, I mean even the trends of like we already talked about kylie and you know mm-hmm. obviously mm-hmm. Like, i'm even thinking about like some people have come for kim and you know this might be up for debate but like of her just copying naomi campbell's like 90 fashion 90s fashion looks like period honestly to a t to and, a t like multiple times mm-hmm. no it's- literally like they do it like these big brands like Fashion Nova, Forever 21, Pretty Little Thing do this all the time with absolutely no credit to these creators. Even thinking about like fashion trends as a whole. Like we talked about black fishing and features. Let's talk about these big hoop earrings. Let's talk about the bandana tops. Let's the talk about necklaces. literally all these fashion trends that were started by black women and now have become like, you know, like things that these white creators just like profit off of or like try to claim as their own and then you see urban outfitters selling some bamboo earrings for 50 dollars. when you can go to the beauty supply store and get it for two i'm just and two dollars <laughs> it don't make There's, sense it yeah. don't make sense and part of me wants to like just be quiet about it so that white people can get keep getting scammed and like paying dollars <laughs> for those earrings because like honestly if you want to copy it like whatever like embarrass yourself say the yeah. word wrong, pay extra 50 dollars for the earrings whatever but mm-hmm. i'm like it's only going back into the pockets of other white people. So it's exactly. Cool. <laughs> I was thinking about that. I'm like, pay $50 for it, but at the beauty supply store. Well, where, so we can support black people. We're probably not owned by black people either. <laughs> oh, period. Oh, period. Oh, period. We're going to get into that in another episode. Honestly, we have, we have the black consumers episode. We have that coming yeah. up. We're going to talk about it. We're we going to talk about it. The black we'll dog. We're going to talk about it. I don't know how it's so blatant my that's my thing about it like and literally everything yeah the thing about the internet is that we have the receipts like we said we can see Jalea Harmon doing the dance she did it a month ago and the video is still up so like how is it still like with all of these receipts with all of this evidence so easy for them to just keep doing it you know like I don't know is it and it's not because black people aren't calling it out we call it out and mm-hmm. I think, you know, there are some of us who continue to engage with it, which is another problem. But, like, ultimately, mm-hmm. it's going to take, like, white people making that jump of, like, this is wrong. Maybe I shouldn't do this. Or, like, yeah, 
which I don't know. Honestly. But the thing is, like you said, like we call them out all the time and we're like, literally, this is our language. Stop using it. And they're like, oh, no, no, no. You're wrong. Sorry. <laughs> literally, anytime like a black person like tells a white person they're doing something wrong, it's just like that Squidward meme where it's like, do y'all hear something? I don't hear nothing. <laughs> I don't know if this is the point where it's like where allyship comes in. I don't know if it's a thing where white people need to hear it from other white people, like stop mm-hmm. doing shit, but you shouldn't need to. Like me telling you as a black woman that you're copying this, this, this from another black woman should be enough. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And but also, I don't. The thing is, like, I get the argument that it's like, well, you know, it's just appreciation, not appropriation. And like, okay, one appreciation day. comes with credit, but though. Honestly, we're still not at the point where it can be appreciation when black girls are getting thrown out of school for having locks or like, just. We're mm-hmm. penalized. We're not getting hired for using our language on a job application. We're not even getting the influencer clout, and you are, like that. Until that is all resolved, like we can't even talk about the level of just appreciation. Because even if you are appreciating, true appreciation would be like when you're in that hiring room saying to the person about to hire you, like, "I'm appreciating Black culture right now, and to show my appreciation, you should hire this person instead." You know what I mean? Like, it can't Speak be it. if you're profiting and not advocating for the other ones that you are appreciating, quote unquote. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't, I don't know. I don't yeah, know. I don't know. Oh there's so, there's so much there. That's just, we could talk about this all day. Honestly, mm-hmm. there is. But I think we, we wrap it. I think that's a good note to end on, I honestly. <laughs> but what a combo. Wow. Yeah. I think the, the, the memories that this just brought up the things it's it's all so so problematic and like you said what do we do to fix it like you said like it's being in those rooms and being like hey hire this black woman said like that's what the true appreciation looks like for this culture but like stealing our slang and never giving us credit and taking all these things is not appreciating us it's exploiting us it is that's it no that's it quite it's exploitation and y'all need to stop and that give is the point. our money, and then we can talk about some of Pay us. Pay us always. Honestly, pay creator. Oh, my gosh. Yes. Wait. Thank you. I don't even know. Like, I feel like there's more. Like, this is... And the thing is, I can't even say that we don't talk about it. Like we said, like, Black people been calling it out. We've been talking about it. But I don't know. I really just can't imagine, like, what's next. I'm really interested to see. Like, I think, what is going to be the impact of calling out black bitches? Like, what was the impact of that trend? Because this started like maybe over a year ago now. Like, mm-hmm. like three photos of like the white girl at the beginning when she was white, and then in the middle, literally partway through transformation, and then the end is like and- super tan, big hair, like box braids, edges laid, some something crazy. <laughs> we can talk about the edges too. That in and of itself is something, honestly. Not J Lo. Not J Lo with. <laughs> With the full-grown toddlers on her forehead, <laughs> that in and of itself. That is a oh whole. Thing. <laughs> that is a whole thing. Edges. Next, episode. Edge. next episode is edges. No, no, no. Okay. Edgeless. But anyway. <laughs> okay. <laughs> that is it. For is good to you know, end on like a positive note. Let you guys know what we're loving right now. Yes. The things that were like are bringing us joy. I think for me personally, I think right now what I've really been enjoying literally every single afternoon I have a pool in my backyard so I've just been soaking up the sun before I you know go back to New York and just like living that real island life I guess I can't wait for the beaches to open up 
again hopefully eventually they open up before i leave but with the way corona is looking right now Mm -hmm. um, i don't know about that but i'm just loving being home honestly just like spending a lot of time with my dogs spending more time outside i think those are i think that's what bring me joy right now my like little like pool ritual i think that's beautiful i think honestly though the point about being home Though I like at first in quarantine, I was just like, oh, like I wish I was like, yeah. in New York. like I wish I was like living my college life dreams. But being home has been like a weird blessing. Like mm-hmm. I've been able, I don't know if I, I don't think I mentioned this in the last episode, but I've been, my quarantine project has been a veggie garden and I've been you growing it's so cute. and squash and a whole bunch of other veggies that I won't name (laughs) honestly that's my joy like every day when I go out to water them like and I started them in March as seeds and like now I'm like getting to eat the vegetables and this week I made zucchini bread for my biggest zucchini that I've grown and it's like and it's like honestly also making me reflect a lot because I'm like dang Mm. honestly quarantine has like flown by like the fact that I've even been at home for almost six months in my Mm, head literally you like it but then when I see my plants I'm like okay Every day is progressing. They're That's growing. Cute. I'm growing. We're all good. Aww. Now I get having to be outside and like see. You know, it's like a whole transformation that you can't you can't do anything but witness it. So I yeah. feel like it actually made me feel very grounded and like be conscious of like the passing of time, and which is hard to do in all of this. <laughs> Literally, I'm so glad. Okay, that was a wholesome note for us to end on yeah. today. <laughs> we needed that. Literally, we needed that all the problematic things we were talking about today a little bit of wholesome black real joy i think is what we needed to end today on so thank you everybody so so much for tuning in to today's episode yes and make sure you guys tune in next week where we'll be talking about black girl representation in pop culture some of our favorite childhood tv shows and we'll have our very special guest Haley coborn who was Miss Teen USA in 2018. And she'll be breaking down all about like what that was like and being part of this new wave of like black girl representation that we love to see. So tune in for that. Yes, that's gonna be like a super, super exciting episode. We're so, so excited for that. And also make sure to keep up with us on Instagram at Black Girl Blueprint. And also feel free to send us any questions or discussion topics for the Read the Room segment. And you can send those by DM or you can shoot us an email at blackgirlblueprint at gmail.com. So yeah. We'll see you next week, y'all. Bye. Bye, everyone. You don't need to be employed to get employee-level vision coverage. If you're retiring soon and looking for a way to continue caring for your eyes, get a VSP individual vision plan at vspdirect.com. Donato's just didn't add bacon to their pizzas. They added bacon to their bacon. Canadian bacon and hardwood smoked bacon or Canadian bacon and Chipotle seasoned bacon. Get $2 off a large bacon duo or any large pizza. Use promo code 2. Donato's. Every piece is important.